Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Kyle Miller Show. I'm your host, obviously, Kyle Miller. Um, I'm here today to bring you stories of people who are doing fascinating things with their lives, doing amazing things, taking life by the horns and making it happen. Um, and, and that's what I want to bring you all uh, to the show. I want to bring you people that may inspire you to do something different with your life, may inspire you to go out and make that change that you're looking for. Uh, and with today, our guest today owns Vortex Flight School, okay? He's an instructor uh, there as well, um, private pilot, and also flies in Alaska's backcountry, dropping off hunters and fishermen and all of that. Uh, so I'm, I'm just really excited to hear what he's got to share with us today. Please welcome Lakey Harkrader. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Kyle. I'm super excited to be here, and um, yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a while. So, Man, I, I'm, I'm excited, and I have to let everybody know, guys. I have been working on my private pilot's license, um, and I've taken a little bit of a hiatus. I've had you know a ton of things going on in my life right now. I am like literally two hours away from pilot, my private pilot's license, so I've been mm-hmm. working with Lakey uh, a lot. I've gone up in the air with him. He's taught me. He's trained me. He's taught me a lot of... Uh, lot about flying. So I wanted to bring him on here today because his story is kind of cool. He's got a lot of things going on in his life. It's, it, he's a young dude making it happen. And um, I, I just thought it would be pretty cool to share this story. Um, Lakey, Randolph-Macon College, is that, I mean, did you always want to be a pilot? Um, no, that's a good question. I actually, uh, yeah, I didn't, it wasn't something growing up that I really thought all that much about. Um, I think in, it was yeah, it wasn't something I really thought all that hard about because it wasn't, um, I mean, no one in my family. I've got one, my mom's cousin is a private pilot, um, mm-hmm. doesn't fly a whole lot, but other than that, I didn't have anyone in the family who was in the aviation industry, and so it always seemed like this kind of far out thing that was um, almost like, untouchable kind of unreachable unreachable is just one of those things like out there that um you know I didn't really think all that hard about until I guess really after college okay so yeah I graduated from Randolph-Macon with the economics and business degree and worked for uh, Faulkner Construction Company here in Charlottesville for a couple years yeah and um a great job great company to work for but I, had, I always had this thing in the back of my head that was telling me, um, you're going to regret it down the road if you don't, um, you know, going from high school to college straight into an office job, right. you know, if you don't go try something else. And so one of the things that I had always talked about growing up with my best friend was working for a big game hunting outfitter out west. And so... Um, I got connected to um, kind of through my friend who was out guiding in Idaho and Montana and Wyoming and a little bit in Alaska. Um, through a connection he had, I got up to Alaska and started um, working under a guide hunting brown bear and mountain goat and worked into a guide position there. And um, that's what kind of started the so um, the avenue towards aviation. Alaska, the flights didn't even get you to Alaska. Like the pilot's yeah. license didn't get you to Alaska. It was, right. hey, I want to go be a, a big game, you know, guide. 
right. and go help people, you know, all over and get to experience the mountains and the backcountry and just that whole lifestyle, right? Yeah. And now, now you're sitting there going, well, like, how does how does the flight come in? Yeah. Because I mean, that's an adventure on itself, right? Yeah. So you must be back there and you're packing things out and like a plane lands and you're like, well, how's that guy get that? Mm-hmm. How's he do that? Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, everybody and their brother has a pilot license in Alaska, it seems like. And so um, I got to fly in a lot of bush planes, you know, with the big Tundra tires, Super Cubs and beavers on floats. And um, and they're small planes. So you get to talk to the pilots and get to know the pilots. And, right. Um, and guiding's a seasonal job. And so, you know, I started, I guess, throughout that whole time period, I was thinking what do I want to do long-term that aligns with career goals and, you know, the lifestyle I want to see? Because guiding, you know, seasonal jobs are very, you know, it's a different lifestyle. It's, you right. know, you don't do it for, um, it's, it's just a completely different lifestyle. So you've got you've to want to live that lifestyle. And, you know, for a while it's great, you know, it was great for me. But I knew long-term I was going to want something that was more, um, you know, I could have a family and not be gone for, you know, months in the wilderness at a time. And so, right. you know, talking to the pilots, bush pilots up there and getting to do some really cool flying with them um, got me thinking harder and harder about, you know, getting my pilot license and going down, yeah. down yeah. that road. So that's, um, that, that's pretty cool, you know. I mean, I'm sure you've, the, the sights and views of just flying, I mean, I, I know just around, around, this area right yeah. but like you put yourself in those mountains and you get to see the views of everything that's there yeah and it's pretty I, amazing i'll tell you the, like the most freeing feeling that i think i've i've ever had right was not the first day of solo right it was like a couple days after you know of going yeah. up in the air because you know first day of solo it's kind of <laughs> like scared. really gonna... stressing you know like oh what's going yeah. on i got to make sure everything's right and but after you get a little more comfortable with it, you kind of calm down and you, and you and you know what to expect and you know what's happening and, and you know you, you get over that first um, you know feeling. And then, but I remember taking off and going up and we we're I was going out uh, over Lake Anna, and it was just like holy cow! Like mm-hmm. I'm up here, nobody else is up here. I'm by myself, yeah. And I can go anywhere I want to go, yeah. And it was just like this truly like freeing feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Um, it's one of those things where you can, one of those things that you can do and it takes, you know, it's not like it's, like you said, it's not like it's always just an intense thing. Like there, there are periods that are like that first solo that, you know, it's, you know, you can be kind of stressed out because it's your first time in a plane in the air on your own. There's no fallback, but, um, you know, it's one of those things that you can do. Um, and kind of forget about everything else Mm -hmm. and like that's what you're doing you're flying you're like in the air flying and it's right yeah it's pretty special yeah definitely is uh so tell me like you decide you're you're backcountry you decide you want to you don't want to guide anymore you're looking into Mm -hmm. different things of a lifestyle and stuff and and you just you just happen to be like oh i want to be a pilot yeah um yeah, you know, guiding's one of the things I, I still do seasonally. Um, so, um, I uh, it, it wasn't quite like a, I need I need another switch, another complete change. It started as more 
you know, what can I do to fill in, um, what can I do to fill in the rest of the year, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not, you know, construction or, you know, for a while I went back and worked for Faulkner construction in the field. Um, and it was a great, um, great thing to fill in the, the seasons between the hunting, um, you know, fall and spring hunting season. But every time I came back home and was just working in the field construction, I didn't feel like I was working towards anything. So it was just like treading water for, Mm -hmm. for months until we, you know, I went back to Alaska and I was like, well, something's got to change. I've got to, you know, I've got to figure out where to go. And yeah, so I started after, you know, getting to experience flying in Alaska and talking to the pilots up there. It's like, wow, you know, aviation really fits, like checks a lot of the boxes for me um, that I love in a career. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, you know, it's, there's all sorts of different types of schedules you know, as a, as a commercial pilot, you know, flying for hire, there's all sorts of different jobs that allow for different types of schedules. So if you want to be um, home and with your family, there's jobs for that. If you want to make a lot of money, there's jobs for that. You know, there's all sorts of different avenues you can go, you can go down in aviation. Um, you know, if I wanted to move to Alaska, there's, you know, amazing flying jobs up there. I mean, that's like right. the pinnacle. Um, and so... You know, when I realized it, it fit with, you know, what I'd want to see long term and something that I could do year round, you know, until retirement, it's, you know, then, you know, I was thinking about it harder and harder. And, and so finally, I just decided to, to do it. Yeah. And, you know, after my first flight, it just kind of took over my life so, yeah. so you got the, <laughs> I love you it. got the bug and, and you just yeah. continued and want to learn more and more and more of this yeah it's addicting and then and so you're thinking about those flights you're thinking about what kind of career paths you can have and now you've kind of turned it into a business for yourself mm-hmm. and this being one of those options that you can have as a you know a pilot right you can be yeah. a, a certified flight instructor yeah right yeah. and so now you teach people to mm-hmm. fly and that's what your whole business is right now yeah, it is. And it's been really rewarding. You know, I get to work one-on-one with people. And, you know, it's, it's funny, something I've thought about over the years is in a lot of ways, it's, um, there's a lot of similarities between um, my job as a flight instructor and my job as a guide because I'm working one-on-one mm-hmm. with someone. And a lot of times it's, not always, but a lot of times it's, this person's something this person has like dreamed about doing for a long time. Right. And so I get to help that person um, do what they've wanted to do for, you know, since they were, were little. Right. And, and so it can be really rewarding in that aspect. And, you know, I'm sharing my passion too, like both jobs, but um, you know, I love, I love guiding and I love flying and um, I get to share that as a flight instructor and teach people how to fly and, you right. know, get them into the industry. And so, you know, it also, on top of that, as a flight instructor, you know, they say you never learn more about a subject than when you have to teach it. And so right. that's allowed me to become, you know, a much better pilot myself uh-huh. when I have to constantly, you know, refresh and review and, and study myself or, um, you know, work through new problems, get asked all sorts of questions that I've never thought of myself by people. And, yeah. um, 
so yeah, a lot of it's definitely been been really rewarding. I mean, that's that's cool. When you say you know this has been kind of like a lifelong dream for some of the people that are trying to come in and get their pilot's license, but you just mm-hmm. talked about all these different careers. What do you think that there is a um, that most of the public doesn't know about becoming a pilot? Because I know in school when I was there. Um, I mean, I was never said, I was never told, Hey, you can be a pilot. Like that was not mm-hmm. part of the curriculum that you could like, Hey, you go to college. It was more like go to college. You can be a doctor. You can be this, you can be yeah. that. It was never like be a pilot. Right. Right. So like, what is, what is it that somebody would have to go through or, or what's the steps in, in order for that to happen? And, and do you, do you have to have like special certifications before you get uh, a pilot's license? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good question. Cause, um, same with me growing up, you know, like I said earlier, I guess is not something I ever thought about. It's not really in high schools, but, um, it's really another trade school. And mm-hmm. I think it's a phenomenal trade school. You know, most, most flying jobs, I'm not going to say all of them and it's, and it's changed over the years. And I think it's, you know, more and more flying jobs don't require a college education. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of times it's, a bonus, you know, a plus, like looks good on the resume for sure. And, right. and, you know, is always a good, um, fallback, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, you don't have to go to college to be a commercial pilot, even, even at the airline level, which is, you know, the top really in the industry. So um, you don't have to be a, you don't have to have a degree to be a com- like commercial airliner, like right. to work for American yeah. airlines. Yeah. There might be, there might be some, I haven't, um, you know, research, researched each one hard, but okay. I know it's, it's, it's dropped off where okay. there's, there's definitely some. So this is don't. a career path that some kids could get into if they don't really like anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, looking at the cost between going to college versus, you know, going through private instrument commercial ratings to, to where you can fly for hire. Right. It's, you know, it, it looks expensive to fly and, um, and it's not cheap for sure, but you know, you take four years of college and, and put it next to getting your commercial pilot license and it's a fraction of, of what college costs. So, yeah. you know, it's a phenomenal, yeah, phenomenal trade school really. And, you know, can make for a amazing career. Now for, for some of the, for the people that don't know, like what are some, what could, what could those type of pilots make? Like if some, if like somebody's listening to this going, man, I was really wanting a different career path. I don't really like what I'm doing. Like, yeah. what, what is, if they looked into this, what is something like that? What do, what do commercial yeah. pilots, what's the range salary ranges that, that are out there for them? Yeah, there's, it's pretty big range, but you know, with some, um, some time in the industry and, you know, in the airlines, the captains are making three, 400,000 a year. Okay. You know, plus probably. Okay. And, um, you know, there's so many different avenues you can go down in the industry that the, you know, it ranges from the bottom all the, all the way up to that. And so the, like anything, it's, it's building experience and time and different types of planes or whatever, you know, you're getting hired to fly and going, going through their training and working from a first officer, essentially co-pilot position to captain position. Um, you know, that's always, that's like, a um, a, uh, 
you know, you start as a first first officer, and um, you're helping the pilot with the um, with the flight and with you know radios maybe or right. um, and then you move once you learn the plane and learn that particular skill set to fly that plane um, and the, doing the type of flying that they're doing, then you you move into a captain position and yeah. depending on your prior experience and um, you know the particular company you're working for right. that that'll um, you know when you move from first officer to captain will um, like the time frame will change but yeah um, yeah there's so many different avenues you can go down that um, you know there's if you enjoy flying there's something for everyone from I mean you can be a, a flight instructor you can be a bush pilot in Alaska you can um, do crop dusting you can do pipeline patrol um, right. flying like in, inspections essentially surveying yeah um, charter operations and all over the country all over the world yeah. airlines you know corporate stuff like it it's just endless and, and so we were just looking up guys um, before the show started there's actually over what we say 10,000 planes mm-hmm. in any given time in the air during the course of the day yeah. so there, there's a lot of planes in the air yeah every single day yeah um and those you know who knows how many people those planes are carrying each yeah. day so we didn't even get into that number a lot of people in the air yeah a lot it's of people in the air about <laughs> every single day yeah. um and and it kind of goes into two things like one two questions that are, are coming to mind on this one is what's the process like to get a license mm-hmm. like that i know you kind yeah. of alluded to that get your private pilot's license get your ifr get your cfi like yeah what is what is what does that process look like yeah so you can get your private pilot license which is essentially just um the first thing everyone gets you get right. your private pilot license and it's like getting your your driver's license so that allows you to fly any single engine airplane wherever you want in the country really it just opens up the door now you can fly planes and you know day or night there's not a whole lot of limitations limitations on it you can't you can't fly for hire um need the commercial license to do that you can't fly in certain low visibility conditions um so you can get your private pilot license and, and how old do you have to be to get that at 17 17 yeah, 17 so okay. you can do it in nice way actually um just had a, a girl her name's skylar who um started with me back the name was made for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back, I think, last spring. Mm-hmm. And she turned 17 in September. I think mm-hmm. September 28th, okay. I think, was her birthday. And um, she was ready to take her license on her birthday. And we had it scheduled on her birthday. And the weather wasn't quite good enough to do it so we pushed it one day and she got her license the day after she turned 17 so oh, that's it's, awesome. it's very very doable yeah um you know she's in high school and um yeah it was it was super cool it was pretty special and um she's been coming back and renting planes for me she's working on her tailwheel nice. endorsement now and um yeah so minimum Minimum hour requirements. I think you said for to get your driver's license, forty-one hours. Yeah, I read that somewhere. Forty-one hours is what the um, 
the, the driver's permit license to get your license. You have to have 41 hours behind the wheel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's only 40 for to get your So you're telling me license. it's less to get a pilot's license than it is to get a driver's license. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pretty wild. Yeah. Now, you know, realistically, I think the national average is somewhere in the mid-60s. Okay. So a lot of people take more time than that. Right. Uh, which is good, probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, regulations, you could get it, you know, 40 hours in yeah. and be good to go. Guys, the, the, the flying part of it is not that hard. It's the weather, the weather and the wind. That's the hardest mm-hmm. part of the flying aspect of, um, of this, right? You gotta, you're, you basically kind of turn into a weatherman, understanding fronts, understanding uh, weather and conditions, wind, visibility, um, icing, mm-hmm fog, all these different things come to play and it's the flying, the, the plane flies itself. You just got to steer it and it, and it goes to where, where it wants to go. You safe yeah. to say that, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, most, most of the time when things aren't going well for one of my students right. during flight is because they're trying to fly the plane, you know, trying to overfly and they're overcorrecting. And, you know, if they just kind of take their hands off for a second or, you know, just have, like have a, a real light grip on the controls. That's that's when things smooth out. Yeah, they're super stable. I mean, they're made to be. They want to fly. Yeah, they want to be in there. They want to be in the air. Yeah, right. And so I, I get this all the time too. Is like, well, I don't want to go up in those small planes. They're so scary. Mm-hmm. I don't want to crash. F you know X Y Z. They they come up with all these different things and say this, but in in actuality, right? In actuality, they're they're not that bad. Some people think yeah. that the, the motor you know, stops, they're going to fall out of the sky. Yeah. That's simply not true. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the things that uh, we practice pre-solo is emergency, you know, power off landing. So we don't shut the engine off completely, but we go to idle, which is like the engine shutting off. Yeah, no power. And glide it in and and land. Right. So, you know, I always practice those a lot with new students prior to solo and make sure they can do it. And it's, it's not a real hard maneuver it's you know it, it becomes a little trickier if you try and and land it precisely like within 50 feet or something right you know that takes some time just to um just a little experience and practice to to hone in on but that's very doable too you know yeah. for a commercial check ride you have to do a spot precision power off landing and so right. it's it's very doable but yeah they're you know they're made to be in the air and so if the engine goes you know, the plane doesn't fall out of the sky. Yeah. You can glide for the good ways. And, and, and the other thing is, right, um, and I've read some, you know, cra- crash analysis and when, they, when mm-hmm. they do crash. Like, the majority of the time, it's not the plane. No. It, it's, it's, the, it's the pilot, mm-hmm. right, making bad yep. decisions. Starts on the ground. Yep. And yep. so with that, you know, you're in the air, you're making good decisions, you the weather's good. Well, that would be a good decision to go if the weather's good, right? If it's bad, that would be a bad decision, which then would cause an accident. Yeah. But, you know, you're up there. You're not really going to have too many problems. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the I tell people that pilots train for the, you know, the half a percent time that, um, it goes wrong. that, that things go wrong. And that's what we train for. And that's yeah. what, what all the training is really geared towards. But it's a, it's a real small you know, fraction of the time, if, you know, if you didn't plan well, you know, the, the better, and that's, that's a big part of the training is how to plan to, you know, ahead of time to keep things from going wrong. And, you know, if you're, if you're 
um, you know, half a pilot, then, you know, that's where everything starts is on the ground during the, the, the pre-flight preparation. And, you know, if you have a good plan and you've, you know, looked at your weather briefing and looked at your, your route of flight and, um, you've done all your pre-flight inspections and everything, have a good plan going into it. That's, that's what mitigates all the, the adverse conditions, all the, you know, helps, helps to mitigate all the, the crashes and, and things going wrong. Cause I think the, I think it's like a, over 80% is the percentage that of crashes that happen because of human error. You yeah. know, people making poor decisions essentially, or not, um, not being proficient when they go up to fly. Right. Mm-hmm. Getting things overloaded, getting not, yeah. not accounting for, the, yeah. You know, too hot of air, not going to create enough lift. Yeah. And then you put yeah. too much weight in it, and then all these different things happen. Yeah. So it's just, it's poor decision making. Yeah. But poor decision making, it, the only thing it's just exasperated, but in an airplane than in a car, right? Yeah. That's the only right. thing, right? Can't pull over on the side of the road if, exactly. if uh, exactly. you get lost. You, or... you run out of gas. <laughs> right. You didn't check the oil, yeah. and you run out, like, those things happen every day on cars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Things happen. There's more car crashes every day than there are plane crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and it, it, things do happen, and that, that's the thing. Just be prepared mm-hmm. for when they do, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's all we can do. Things are always going to happen, and in, in, in mm-hmm. everyday life, something's going to happen. Just be prepared. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I love it. That's what we train for. Just in everything, right? In football and yeah. yeah. sports, we always train for what if. Yeah. This little thing right here happens. What are we going to do? You know, mm-hmm. this out of the blue thing happens. This is this is what we're going to do. We may never use it ever yeah, in yeah, our entire right. life, <laughs> but we're going to know what's going to happen. Hope when not it happens. to have to use it. Yeah, yeah. But we're, yeah, ready when it when it when we need it. So so you've been mm-hmm. in the air a lot, right? What are yeah. like? What are some of the coolest things that you've seen up there flying around? Yeah, that's a good question. I've been, I don't know if I can say I've seen anything like really crazy. Um, I've seen some some uh, some military jets flying around. One night I was taken off out of Louisa. It wasn't all that long ago, and I saw these two lights just kind of blazing by, and they were they were low too, yeah. um, just south of the airport, and. I was like, what in the world is that? And and they were moving. I mean, uh-huh. they were going really fast. And I looked at um, four flights. I can see the, you know, other traffic right. in the air, and nothing was showing up. And I was like, what in the world is going on? UFO? Um, yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> kind of what, like, to the back of my head, I was like, no I way. Louisa, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think, it was, I think it was some military guys training, yeah. and they were just like low altitude, rolling by in form, formation flight, you know, two of them going by. So that was kind of cool. Oh, I've, wow. se- I've seen them during the day flying over military bases and whatnot. Yeah. So that's always, always really, really cool to see. Marine 2 sometimes comes into Louisa, the, um, the helicopter. For the president. For the president, yeah. yeah. We see them periodically really? come in. A lot of Blackhawks, yeah. Yeah, that's true. A lot of Blackhawks Black come Hawks. down into uh, into Louisa Airport yeah, and do love, some flybys, and they yeah. hover and do some drills and stuff out yeah, there. Yeah, they love training at Louisa. Nice, quiet airport. To, yeah. I think they fly out of Richmond. Yeah. And, and so they'll come up here where it's, or, you know, to Louisa where it's quieter. and Yeah, less and traffic. do laps with us in the pattern. Yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool, guys. If you've never seen a, how big a Blackhawk is just yeah. next and, and flying in the air, they're pretty maneuverable, too. Yeah. They can get it. Yeah, they are cool. 
cool talking to them on the radio too. Yeah. 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 And it's funny cause they're doing the same thing we are like, they're training new pilots and right. you know, I'm, I'm out there training new pilots too. So they're doing the exact same, just, you know, pattern work, doing laps and yeah. practicing landings and takes takeoffs. And what's cool is that, like, it's the, the book guys for, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't have mine here, but the book like is this thick, right? And everybody, the yeah, the far aim. Yeah. It, it's this thick. And everybody that's that flies uses that book. So, the mm-hmm. across the country, it is the exact same every everywhere, mm-hmm. right? They use the same yep. patterns. They use the same calls. Mm-hmm. They use the same the, how you talk on the radio. So yeah. if you're on the East Coast and you go to the West Coast, it's the same. Everything across the country is pretty yeah. much. And is it now? I don't know this for a fact. Is what about like the rest rest of the countries? They all use it. The same, or is- you know, I don't think it's completely standardized across the the world. I th- I'm sure some things are, uh-huh. but there's there's a few other different types of airspace in other other countries, and um, I haven't personally flown out of the country, so I haven't researched that a lot. Yeah, um, I think there's some differences, but it's not a. I mean, it's not to the point where. Um, you know, a little training for the company you're working for, you know, wouldn't wouldn't get you there. It's not like getting a whole another, yeah, another license, right? Um, okay. So the uh, no, it's just exciting, man. It's 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 cool um, to listen to. It's cool to to kind of go up and fly. I know, um, mm-hmm. you know, I have just a couple hours left and, and I've put it off and I've got to do some different trainings and this and that. And it's, uh, I got to take the two tests. Right. But, um, we'll get there. We'll get it done. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just part of the process and just the way the flow of everything's happened in life. Um, but I'm excited to, I'm excited to do that because what I want to do and, and, I, I, I want to buy a plane, right? Mm-hmm. I want to be able to throw the kids in there and I want to take the family and, and travel down and, and go to these different places so I can get out of the traffic. I can get out of the, out of the, um, the everyday hustle and bustle of, of the cars. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we need to go down to North Carolina, see the in-laws or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, jump in the plane. What t- typically is a five-hour trip, mm-hmm. you know, five hour and 15 minutes turns into an hour and a half. Yeah. And, like, so when you're in plane, it just opens up so much more opportunity, you know? Um, also the amount of airports that I realized that are out there when I first started Mm -hmm. in looking and getting into flying is there are so many out there. Yeah. Yeah, there are. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. You can be, you can find an airport probably within, you know, most places, 15, 20 minutes of wherever you want to go, wherever you want to go. Yeah. That's exactly right. And so, you know, flying commercially you, you know you only get the big airports you fly into the mm-hmm. big airports and then maybe sometimes you got to you know drive another hour and a half yeah. over to wherever right you know in these um in, in these small airports i mean you know being at louisa i've seen some planes flying in from like new york and boston yeah they're landing at the airport they get in the car they drive over to lake anna to to meet the, the family or the builder mm-hmm. or whatever then yeah. they come back jump on the plane and fly back home mm-hmm. i mean that that's some people's lives like and that's pretty cool i want mine to be like that you yeah know? yeah I want to fly in do that stuff and and yeah, fly out pretty awesome yeah, yeah. it's so it opens up a lot of different possibilities being a pilot it opens up um just this freedom mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah it, it does 
And that, that's why I'm, I'm looking at, you know, getting mine and, and going through that. Uh, but, Lake, like, how can people find you on this? How can people uh, reach out to you if, they're, if they want to get involved in flying and, and want to start the process? What, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Like, how do they do that? Yeah, I've got a website. It's vortexflight.com, okay. um, name of the flight school.com. And uh, my phone number's on it. It's, uh, I think my office number's on there. And um, I think I, have, I still have my cell phone number posted out there somewhere, maybe on, on, the, on Google. Okay. Um, and uh, I've got a Facebook page, too, um, Vortex Flight School right. on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I, tr- I try and keep up with those and post pictures of students soloing and, mm-hmm. you know, cool, like pictures over the, over the snow that we just got recently. I posted some and, nice. um, yeah. So, uh, you know, through, through any of those, um, you know, give me a call or, or text email to, I'm, I'm most, um, most reachable through like text, text okay. or, or leave a voice. Cause you're out or something. you're flying I'm, with I'm some in people the air sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. So, so if, if you just give him a text, find your, his, his, his numbers on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, I mean, as far as time frame, I know you, you said about 60 hours, like mm-hmm. typically what do you see as far as people coming in and getting their license? Are they doing, what's the best, what's the best route for somebody who's like, man, I really want to do this. Let me get my license. Yeah. You know, is it like coming in? You know, one day a week, is it coming in two days a week? What do you think's best for something like that? Yeah, the more you fly, hands down, I've I've seen this firsthand. I think uh any any person who's been through the process mm-hmm. will will say the same. The more you fly, the less total hours you'll need. And and the it's like practicing I tell people it's like practicing a musical instrument. If mm-hmm. you if you want to learn how to play the guitar and you practice once a week for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever it is once a week right and then you don't practice again at all until the next week and you do another 30 minutes hour and then you don't practice again until the next week you know you end up you can slowly build but you end up reviewing a lot of what you did the the week before and so it's really hard to build on on each lesson doing it that way so the more you fly you know minimum minimum twice a week i'd say Mm -hmm. if if you really want to get through it minimum um but you know the the folks who i've seen do the best were the guys who came in as much as they could you know three times a week four times a week um, and every, every week. Cause you know, the other thing is we get a bad weather day and you have to cancel. And if you're only flying that one time each week and you have to cancel the week, well now it's two weeks later. And so we're always, there's always going to be weather cancellations. And, you know, we've had a lot this month, the weather's been right. pretty rough. So it's been a little slower and a lot of, a lot of lessons have gotten canceled and, you know, it's just part of the industry, nothing you can right. do about it. Um, right. it's just something you have to work around. So the more you fly, the more consistent you can be with with the flight training and you know there's a whole other side that i always try and emphasize up front that's super important as if not more important than the flying is the ground school side and that's just all the information that goes along with getting the the pilot license um you know the the more consistent you can be studying and training Mm -hmm. um the smoother it'll go and the more proficient you'll be as a 
pilot. I 100% agree with that because that's what I was doing. I was flying two times a week. Yeah. Getting in, getting it done. Maybe another, yeah. maybe slide in another one in there if, yeah. if weather was good. My schedule allowed it, mm-hmm. and I was cranking through, and then yeah. it stopped. Yeah. And it was like this long pause of just you know getting through things and um, you know and making stuff happen and, and just you know and that's where it's been. Yeah. You know. And it's it's it can be tough. I mean, a lot of the folks I work with have full you know, full-time jobs where they're working nine to five or, you know, whatever the schedule is. And so they can only, you know, they only have certain windows or can only fly on the weekends yeah. um, and whatnot. But it, it definitely takes some commitment, you yeah. know, you got to want to do it. It's, you know, it's, it's different in that respect than getting your driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's definitely some commitment involved and some, you know, hardcore studying and, and whatnot, yeah. but, but very doable. Well, I like you. Thank you for coming on and sharing this information, man. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're interested, check them out. Facebook, check them out um, on Google. Look them up. Mm-hmm. Vortex Flight School. Yeah. Right. Vortex um, Flight School. Reach out to them. Book. You know, and don't you, you also do Discovery flights too, right? Yep. And yeah. so Discovery flight is they come in, they go up just to see if this is something that'd be interested in. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause you never know. You don't want to just go in and like start buying lessons and right. you know, start making commitments. Like, yeah, go yeah, check like it out. Zero commitment, you know, yeah. come take a flight and go up in the air and, you know, see if, see if it's even something you want to do. And usually people get hooked. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's, that's the, that's the leader in there, but go check it out. I mean, see but, if it's for you, see if you like yeah. going up in the air and, and seeing that and coming down and landing and check it out. I mean, um, there's really no other feeling like it if you're up there and you're flying, actually flying the plane. So check them out guys. Uh, reach out to them, book, a book, a uh, uh, not a show, but a, a, yeah, schedule a flight with them. Yeah. Um, you won't, you, you won't be disappointed. Again, Lakey, thank you for coming on, man. I really Thanks do so appreciate it. Me. Yeah. And um, it, and enjoy the next flight. Yes, sir. All right, brother. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.